0: This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons preached by Reverend Adam Moline at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can find our website at goodshepherdlincoln.org and the texts for our sermons each week follow the historic one-year lectionary. Let's listen in to today's sermon. In the name of Jesus, amen. Your friends in Christ, tonight we consider St. Luke, the evangelist, and as we do so, we consider the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, who upon sending out the 72 says this, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now these words are important words for our church today. Perhaps as important as they ever have been. Because in our time, in our day and age, fewer and fewer men are entering into the holy ministry. Fewer and fewer men are desirous to serve as pastors in Christ's holy church. Fewer men desire to be pastors now, perhaps, than there have been at any time in our church. And it's been that way for a number of years, actually. You can see it if you look across the entirety of the clergy, in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Several years ago, I remember the statistic about the average age of pastors in our church body. 57 years old. Not as old as Pastor Poppy, but we're getting close, right? majority of Missouri Synod pastors will retire and or die in the next 10 years. At the same time that you see this burgeoning retirement taking place, the number of people studying in our seminaries is greatly and steadily declining. The year that I graduated from the seminary there was 185 men graduating from Fort Wayne and St. Louis to go and serve as pastors. There were so many men graduating that year that at first 20 of them did not have a place to go. It took a few months for enough churches to need a pastor for all of those men to have a place to serve so 14 years ago 185 men from both seminaries this past year when we received pastor goodroad into service between the two seminaries there were 86 total 99 men fewer. And instead of there being 20 men ready to go out and serve as pastors that didn't have congregations, this past year, there were over 50 congregations who wanted a new pastor from the seminary but were unable to get one. More pastors retiring more pastors reaching the end of their ministry, fewer pastors coming up to replace them. What is it that a church ought to do? And not just the individual congregation, how about the wider church? They haven't been caught off guard. They've seen this coming. And so over the last few years, the church has been working on countless programs and plans to try and address the lack of pastors coming up to serve. And to be honest, most of these plans are not smart. Most of them are an attempt to use human ingenuity to fill the gap. What I mean by that is, they are efforts to either make the training easier or less stringent, the requirements to be not as tough, or efforts to change the way that pastors study. To take away the sacrifice of leaving behind your home. Of going down the road to a place that is not your home. Living there for three years. Going and having an internship for one other year. And then finally being ready to go and to serve. There's been efforts to try and lessen the financial burden that moving your home multiple times causes. Now, for the last few years, even though there's fewer men than ever before, there is no tuition any longer at the seminaries. It's free. All of these plans and more have been an effort to try and get more men raised up within their own congregations. To get more men who are trained long distance. To get more men who have less financial involvement but it's not working these human plans less men are willing more vacancies are appearing and what's really terrifying about all this is that while there's less pastors the difficulties that they're dealing with are getting more complicated you know what many of these issues are. You've heard us talk about them from the pulpit, during Bible study, in the newsletter, and more. There are both extreme radical and extreme reactionary views out there that are infiltrating the church. Not just speaking politically, I'm talking theologically. Things that are hard. Hard where there's no easy, simple answers. And now we're sending pastors with less training, with less hands-on experience, to diluted congregations in terms of how many they have to serve, and they're being asked to deal with these increasingly more complicated topics. told you, deluded in terms of how many people a pastor is to serve. What I mean is this. I have a friend in North Dakota who currently on a Sunday serves three different congregations. He drives in his car 112 miles over two hours in between the various places that he serves. And recently, another pastor in his circuit died. And the congregations that that man served came and said, Are you willing to serve us as well? That could have been five congregations that my friend was asked to serve. But he turned them down. Our church body is primarily rural. There's going to be more and more of these multi point parishes. One pastor serving three or four or five congregations with less training to face more and more complicated problems. It seems kind of grim. It seems. There's going to be a lot of problems coming up in the future. Now, why do I bring this up? Because these are exactly the things that our Lord Jesus is speaking about in our gospel lesson for today. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That's the truth that Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago. And it's the truth even now and today. And the truth that goes right along with it is this. None of the human invented, poorly thought out solutions will actually work. With fewer pastors available, the ones that we have ought to be better trained and smarter. Not Trained further away, not trained less. With fewer pastors available. We want to make sure that the word they preach and teach is true. We need them to be confident and bold. We need them not to shy away from the hard issues. We need them more than ever. And Jesus knows. He tells us that in our gospel lesson. In the gospel lesson, Jesus sends out 72 men into the towns and villages to which he himself is going to visit. Who sends them? Our Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. He doesn't send them with all sorts of human, man-invented tools or ideas. They're not even allowed to carry a money bag or an extra tunic. He just sends them with his word and nothing more. He sends the 72 in our gospel lesson. He sends St. Paul who wrote our epistle lesson. He sent the prophets, even in the Old Testament, if we want to get honest about it. It's Jesus who is the solution. It's Jesus who is the Lord of the church, He's the one in charge. What's more than being in charge? He's also the one who died for the church to purchase and win it, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and innocent suffering and death. He's the one who brings people into the church through the waters of holy baptism. He's the one who feeds the church with his own body and blood to sustain it day in and day out in the forgiveness of sins. He's the one who gives his word for pastors to preach and teach. Who gives his word of forgiveness of sins for the pastor to say to all the people that he proclaims the gospel to. And through these means of grace, God Works to establish his church, to call it, to gather it, to enlighten it, to sanctify and make it holy, to bring it into the one true Christian church. It's Christ's church. It's not ours. It's not the synods. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's Christ's church and His alone. And He tells us what to do for the church. He doesn't say, water down my word, make it simple. He doesn't say, lessen the training of the men going into the harvest field. He doesn't say, worry about the financial picture for all of the men studying What does he say? He says, pray. Pray to the Lord that he will send laborers into the harvest. Pray that the Lord will send pastors to serve in the church. Pray to the Lord And encourage the young men of our own congregation to serve as pastors in the church. That's how I got to be standing here. Pray and demand that our synod train pastors to be better equipped than I am or was. Pray and demand that the church do what is right rather than what is easy. Pray that God will strengthen the pastors who are already serving to steel themselves against the onslaught of the world. Pray. The men who serve are always willing to evaluate their teaching, to make sure it's not from them, but instead from God. And pray that as they're sent out like lambs for the wolves to devour, that they may remain steadfast, faithful, and true. St. Paul, at the end of his ministry, wrote our epistle lesson for today. Things had not always gone well for him. He was shipwrecked, he was beaten, As he wrote the words of our epistle lesson for today, he was imprisoned and knew what was going to happen. He would be killed for being a pastor. His head cut off, his body left in a ditch until fellow Christians would come and bury him. Not very glamorous, that's for sure. But through him, what did God do? God established and strengthened Christ's church. God recorded his word for. That church. God established the gifts that He freely gives to His church baptism, the Lord's Supper, and absolution. God did all of these things through St. Paul so that He could also give them now to you, so that you, just like Him, might live in the forgiveness of sins, won by the death of and resurrection of Jesus. God did all of this through a poor, sinful man who formerly murdered Christians through St. Paul, who had finished his race and looked forward to receiving eternal life with Christ in heaven. We pray that the same may continue here and now and for all of the years ahead until Christ finally brings this sinful world to its close, that you may continue to receive God's gifts, that your children may continue to receive God's gifts and grandchildren and great-grandchildren until finally time is fulfilled. the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We pray that through those laborers, God's word may come to our ears, so that we might know that God will never forsake us or abandon us. We pray for the church. Now, to bring us to a close, I want to say this. I'm not saying this in a self-serving way. This sermon is not a take-care-of-me-more kind of thing. Because the truth is, I will not always be a pastor. No, I'm not over 57 yet. But at the very least, someday I will die. What of the church then? We pray for the church here and now. We pray for the church that is to come. We pray for those who are learning to serve. And we pray that more might come. And as we pray for all of these men, we know the truth. that God will sustain his church. That the Lord will rescue us, as St. Paul says, from every evil deed. He will bring us at last into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. That concludes today's sermon from Pastor Adam Moline. For more information about the Lutheran faith, check out our church website, goodshepherdlincoln.org. The title of this podcast, With Intrepid Heart, comes from the conclusion to the Book of Concord, where it is written, This is our faith, doctrine, and confession, in which we also are willing, by God's grace, to appear with intrepid hearts before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of it. God's blessings on your day.